0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. I am your editor Bryce.
1: I'm one of your hosts Abby. And I'm your other host Erica. Today we're going to be telling you part two of the infamous Zodiac Killer.
2: So pour yourself some coffee and let's dive in.
0: The San Francisco Chronicle received yet another letter, and this is what it reads. This is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a blood-stained piece of his shirt. I am the same man who did in the people in the North Bay area. The San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their motorcycles, seeing who could make the most noise. The car drivers should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice targets. I think I should wipe out a school bus some morning, just shoot out the front tires, and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. So I'm waiting for your guys' reaction on that one.
1: I just feel like it's strange because all of his last victims have been like couples and people in vehicles and that are just kind of random. He's not targeted like some big group of people, like a bus full of children. Yeah, there's
2: kind of an escalation going on
1: there. And once again, I don't know if it's the fact that he got cocky or if this has been like his plan all along where he was kind of building up and getting to a point where he felt comfortable to blow up a bus of children.
2: Well, and I almost wonder if he doesn't actually plan on doing this, but it's just for shock value and attention.
1: I wasn't alive during this time, but I'm wondering if maybe there was kind of a point in time where he kind of dropped off and people weren't focusing on the Zodiac Killer as much and talking about him in the media and stuff, and so he felt like he needed to do something to get attention back on him.
0: After this letter was sent out, it created a real sense of terror in the Bay Area for all of the school children that were being transported on buses every day. There were instances of armed men transporting and escorting school buses as well as aircraft that would follow and monitor some of these routes and this went on for a while until the morning of october 22nd of 1969 when the oakland police received a phone call from somebody claiming to be the zodiac who said that he wanted a famous boston attorney f lee bailey who will go on to be known for representing in the oj simpson case to appear on a local television talk show but then went on to say that if he wasn't available he would settle for a san francisco lawyer melvin belley who's noted for representing jack ruby the man who killed lee harvey Oswald. later that day melvin belley goes on to be a guest on the show with the host by the name of jen dunbar and the zodiac or the person claiming to be the zodiac calls in for a series of short conversations and we're going to play some of that audio for you now
3: Attorney Melvin Belli, accompanied by police and newsmen, waited 45 minutes today to keep a rendezvous with San Francisco's Zodiac Killer of five persons. The man who made the appointment never showed up. The meeting was arranged this morning when a caller, identifying himself as Sam, reached Belli on a KGO-TV talk show. He said he was the Zodiac Killer and needed help. Here's how it looked and sounded. Talk to us. Just tell us what's going on inside you right now, Sam. I have headache. Right. How long have you had those headaches, Sam? In a long time. Since I killed a kid. What? Well, was it before December that you had the headaches? Yes. Did, were you in service that you might have had the, an injury in service? Did you ever fall out of a tree or downstairs? Were you ever unconscious? I don't know. You don't remember. Does aspirin do you any good? No, doesn't do any good. Sam, that stuff never did me any good. What I had, edit. Sam, let me ask you a question. Did you, um, did you attempt to call this program one other time when Mister Belli was with us? And you. Could, what? Did you try to call us one other time about two, two or three weeks ago when, when Mel Belli was with us? Yes. Yeah. And you, and, uh, well, did and you we couldn't get through. We couldn't get talking? through. The phones were tied up. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. Sam, so, let, let me ask you this. There's some reason why you go to a particular doctor or a particular priest, and some reason why apparently you, you uh, wanted to talk to, to me or Lee. Is it that you feel that we have compassion for people who get in trouble? Or is it you feel that uh, we can do something for you? Or is it you feel that uh, we we're, uh, have enough integrity that if we promise you something? That we're going to skip to it. Well, let's find out what, what, why he wanted to talk to... Why did you want to talk to Mr. Bellai, Sam? I don't want
0: to be hurt. It's at this point that the caller threatens one more time to kill those kids, and Belleye was able to convince him to agree to meet in person at some point, but it's no surprise that because of all of the media coverage and how publicized this was that the Zodiac, or whoever the caller was, never ended up meeting him. Yeah, so I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that phone call. What you thought?
1: I feel like it's interesting that when they asked why he's trying to speak to Melvin Belli, he just says that he doesn't want to be hurt. And I'm not really sure why do we think he made this call to not be hurt. Well, it sounds like maybe he's trying to get representation so
2: that he wouldn't Like, ahead of really jumping the gun here so that if he gets caught, he wouldn't get the death penalty. That's how I took it. Like, he just wants to have somebody on his side in the case
1: that he gets arrested?
2: I guess, but I mean, none of it really makes sense. Something that really gets me about the whole Zodiac case in general is all the communication that is happening between the Zodiac, quote unquote, and you know what
1: I mean, and the media. All the communication and never being able to figure out who he is is weird.
0: It's important to note that there were suspicions from the get-go that perhaps this caller was not actually the Zodiac, and this was confirmed by having one of the surviving victims and two of the police dispatchers that had listened to previous phone calls from the real Zodiac listened to these tapes from the phone call interview, and they did confirm They all agreed that this did not sound like the Zodiac that they had heard previously.
1: So who the heck is this guy? Well, Inspector William Armstrong actually came forward and spoke with the FBI on February 18th, 1970. And he said that the person that had been calling Belli multiple times, the calls had all been traced. And he was actually identified as a patient from a mental institution. And his name was Eric Wheel. Eric was actually an amateur photographer. And had been in the mental institution for some time. I'm not really sure why he attempted to imitate the Zodiac Killer or why he was contacting Belli. But for some reason, this is what he decided to do with his time.
0: The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15 The San Francisco Chronicle receives yet another letter. This one's referred to as the Dripping Pen card, which looks like a postcard, but it reads this. This is the Zodiac speaking. I thought you would need a good laugh before you hear the bad news. You won't get the news for a while yet. P.S. Could you print this new cipher in your front page? I get awfully lonely when I am ignored. So lonely I could do my thing. And then in some really weird script-looking font to the side he also writes and I can't do a thing with it. I'm not really sure what that's referring to but this letter came with a 340 character cipher which to this day is unsolved.
1: So why do you think that that letter is unsolved? Why did he step up his game so much? Was it so that People didn't know what he was saying, or...
0: I think it's mostly because as he was starting to put out new ciphers and new letters, he was starting to code his real name into them. Obviously, he didn't want that to be discovered too easily. He also was listening to the news about how the teacher had solved the first code and figured out how he had solved that one and knew that there were certain tactics that he should do. So there were certain ways that he mixed up his code even a little bit more and made it so that certain patterns wouldn't show up, things like that. I think he just wanted it to be more challenging overall, but also so that his name wasn't out there so easily.
1: Is it? possible even in the slightest that these other ciphers and letters were not actually legible and they were just kind of meant to be gibberish and it was just a combination of a bunch of different symbols and things but it wasn't actually meant to mean anything just to kind of throw people off
0: i mean i guess it's a possibility i don't know what that would do for him though necessarily because i think he enjoys the risk like we mentioned earlier just putting out gibberish for the sake of gibberish doesn't necessarily sound like him unless it's someone else trying to be The Zodiac for the sake of potential publicity.
1: Or maybe he's just making these fake ciphers with just a bunch of symbols and stuff, thinking this is going to make me seem super smart because nobody else is able to decode it. And so he was just trying to get his name out there by people being like, this is impossible to solve. This is unlike anything we've ever seen, which it worked because we're talking about him 50 years later.
2: I definitely think it's a possibility. I think he probably gets a lot out of coming up with some code that people can't crack though it really fits in with his like kind of narcissistic tendencies he has one of the few things that make me lean away from the theory that it's just gibberish is that he doesn't even have to be sending letters in and he's doing it anyway it seems like there's something there that he's getting out of it so for me i lean more towards that they do mean something to him it could be absolute nonsense though because like obviously he's got something weird going on in his mind
0: The next letter that was received from him was on November 9th. It was sent to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm going to read the first part of it and then kind of summarize the rest because it's about six pages. Again, he says, this is the Zodiac speaking. Up to the end of October, I have killed seven people. I have grown rather angry with the police for their telling lies about me. So I shall change the way the collecting of slaves. I shall no longer announce to anyone. When I commit my murders, they shall look like routine robberies, killings of anger, plus a few fake accidents, etc. Then he describes to the police why they will never catch him. Uh, He says, I look like the description passed around, but only when I do my thing. The rest of the time, I look entirely different. I shall not tell you what my disguise consists of when I kill. As of yet, I have left no fingerprints behind, contrary to what police say. I wear transparent fingertip guards. All of it is two coats of airplane cement coated on my fingertips. Quite unnoticeable and very effective. My killing tools have been bought through the mail order outfits before the ban went into effect, except one, and it was bought out of state. So as you can see, the police don't have much to work on. If you're wondering why I was wiping the cab down, I was leaving fake clues for the police to run around town with. As one might say, I gave the cops busy work to do. He then basically makes fun of the police for never being able to catch him, even though at one point they had basically driven up to him, asked him if he had seen anything suspicious, And then the Zodiac Killer just gave him some nonsense and then he drove off. Um, So there's been at least two accounts where they've either seen him or talked to him and not realized it. Then he goes on to describe what sounds like a bomb and some sort of harness of wiring it up to detonate it near a street or on a street. Describing how he's mixing ammonium nitrate, fertilizer, and stove oil. And then basically says, don't bother trying to find where I'm planting this because I can easily move it wherever I need it to be. And then ends it with, P.S., be sure to print the part I marked out on page three or I shall do my thing. And there's some different diagrams and markings and stuff that he's put on the letter. Um, Another one that's very interesting to look at should you want to do so. A couple months after the talk show interview with the caller claiming to be Zodiac, on December 20th, Melvin Ballet had left San Francisco to attend a conference in Germany, and at the same time, the Zodiac Killer had sent a letter to him that arrived by December 23rd. He was obviously out of his office at the time, but the letter was basically... Sort of a plea for help, and he also included another piece of bloody clothing from the cab driver, sort of as a way to say that he was proving himself to be the Zodiac after the imposter had called in to the show claiming to be him. So I'm going to read that for you now. This one reads, Dear Melvin, this is the Zodiac speaking. I wish you a happy Christmas. The one thing I ask of you is this. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because of this thing in me won't let me. I am finding it extremely difficult to hold it in check i am afraid i will lose control again and take my ninth and possibly tenth victim please help me i am drowning at the moment the children are safe from the bomb because it is so massive to dig in and the trigger mechanism requires much work to get it adjusted just right but if i hold back too long from number nine i will lose all control of myself and set the bomb up please help me i cannot remain in control for much longer and again, it's important to note that there are quite a few grammar and spelling mistakes throughout this, which is kind of one of the trends in a lot of his letters.
1: First off, it was very sweet of him to wish a happy Christmas, and he puts a lot of pleases in there, which is nice, in a very sarcastic way. But it seems like he's having like this internal battle, and he is asking for help through these letters, but he's not like he's also not actually wanting the help.
2: It's always such an interesting psyche i guess when criminals or serial killers do stuff like this where they're acting like it's a compulsive thing like they have to commit these crimes and they're like in their brain they think they have to and it's really interesting to me to look at the part of your brain that's saying this is right or this is wrong and it's like what you're doing is wrong but they're still doing it and it's weird to see those like kind of interact And then, sorry, you're gonna have to follow my train of thought here. I start to wonder, is he actually really feeling like part of this is wrong? Or is he just trying to mess with people when he's sending these letters that sound like that? Like maybe he's just really trying to throw them off and create some type of sympathy for himself because he is kind of like a narcissist and wants the attention on him.
0: In some ways, his letters do match the person that called in uh, pretending to be him, saying that he had these bad headaches, he needed help. He felt like he couldn't control himself. But in his letters, he's kind of also, again, asking for help because he's clearly suffering from something, realizes it, wants help, and is even putting out part of his plan out there. But I mean, I guess who knows that could just be leading the public on to believe a certain way or or who knows, perhaps just a distracting method.
1: I kind of wonder the same thing that like Abby was thinking, though, because That it's kind of a front and that he's not actually asking for help. Because we don't seem to see any hesitation in any of his crimes. Like, he full-on is like, I'm going to shoot you ten times. And I think that that's pretty intent on killing the person. I don't think it's, should I be doing this? Should I not? And he keeps doing it. So maybe it's the hesitation and maybe it's this internal battle, but then it's also possible that maybe he's just trying to manipulate people into thinking that he is a little bit more humane than he actually is. Yeah, you know, and it'll be interesting. I know towards the end of this story,
2: we're going to talk a little bit more about the psychological side of the Zodiac Killer, but it's... Almost like he's got all these different personalities, and we're trying to figure out how they all come together.
0: Since Belleye was out of the country at the time, he didn't see the letter. In fact, nobody saw it until some of the office employees came back after their holiday break to the letter on december 28th they then immediately contacted police of course and shortly after Bellay's housekeeper forwarded this letter to him basically contacted him to let him know about it Bellay's plans were to stay in germany for at least a few weeks uh, because of an upcoming trial but he did make attempts to publicize in articles and on the news recommending the zodiac killer to bring himself forward promising that everything was going to be okay and work out, but Zodiac never reached out again, never tried to contact Belle again. On April 20th of 1970, another letter is sent to the San Francisco Chronicle. This one contains a 13-symbol cipher where he seems to give a clue as to his identity. It reads like this. This is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is... then it shows 13 symbols. I am mildly curious as to how much money you have on my head now. I hope you do not think that I was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with a bomb at the cop station. Even though I talked about killing school children with one, it just wouldn't do to move in on someone else's territory. But there is more glory in killing a cop than a kid because a cop can shoot back. I have killed 10 people to date. It would have been a lot more except that my bus bomb was a dud. I was swamped out by the rain we had a while back. And it also included a wiring diagram for a new bomb that he had set up where it basically explains the electrical wiring and how sunlight was involved to trigger the bomb and how it corresponds to the placement near a bus. And we'll post a photo of this wiring diagram as well.
1: Well, thank God that the bus bomb was a dud, but I guess he's trying again, which I don't I don't see why he's so intent on harming children,
2: assuming that. All these crimes and letters and stuff are kind of coming from the same person. It is so insane to me that there's such variety in his crimes. So
1: there was actually handwriting analysis done, which I'm going to go into that later. Um, But it does show that all the letters are from the same person because the handwriting matches all the letters that we're covering, at least. I don't know if there were some fraud letters that were sent in at some point. I'm sure there was, but I do think it's interesting that he has a variety.
0: Over the next several years... Quite a few more letters were sent out to various places, and I'm going to summarize these for you. But there are a few that are fairly notable, and I'm going to go into those in a little bit more detail. But this next one that was sent out on April 28th of 1970, on the front, it looks like a postcard. And it has a picture of someone riding a dragon and says, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast obviously talking about the bus explosion he basically goes on to say that he would love for everyone to wear a button featuring the zodiac symbol instead of like the peace symbol black power things like that Um, basically wanting people to further publicize who the zodiac killer is and if he doesn't see this apparently that's when he will have his blast a couple months later on june 26th A letter is sent out to the San Francisco Chronicle that says, this is the Zodiac speaking, I have become very upset with the people of San Fran Bay area. They have not complied with my wishes for them to wear some nice Zodiac buttons. I promised to punish them if they did not comply by annihilating a full school bus. But now school is out for the summer, so I punish them in another way. I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. The map coupled with this code will tell you where the bomb is set, you have until next fall to dig it up. And then there is a map attached with some numbers surrounding the Zodiac symbol. It says, is to be set to Magnetic North and another short cipher. So basically a clue as to where this new bomb is going to be.
1: It's possible that the Zodiac is referring to Richard Ratatik. He was a sergeant and was murdered on June 19th, 1970. He was sitting in his car for just a routine traffic stop and was riding a ticket when somebody fired three shots at him, and one of them went through his temple and ultimately killed him. There was a witness that said that they saw a white Cadillac leaving the crime scene moments after the shooting, which is kind of interesting because at the Lake Herman murder, so that's interesting because in the Lake Herman murder, when David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen were murdered, there was a report that there were two cars at the crime scene. One was blue and one was white. So if that white Cadillac was the Zodiac killer, it's believed that they were possibly the same car during both crimes.
2: You know, also something interesting about this letter, it reminds me of the New Orleans Axeman who sent out a letter saying that he was like gonna murder people one night unless, or he would spare any houses that were playing jazz music, which is so random and a whole new thing. We'll probably cover that story at some point, but the whole, you guys aren't wearing my buttons, so I'm gonna murder you now, it reminds me of that.
1: I feel like it just really goes to show that he was trying to take control and he needed control of the situation and he needed people to wear his buttons to feel like he had control.
2: All of his tendencies and things he says, just for me, every time, I'm just like, he seems like such a narcissist. Like, he needs so much attention.
0: Over the next month, he sent at least two other letters basically complaining about these buttons that people weren't wearing. Anytime he realized people weren't wearing them, he would make further threats. For instance, in one letter, he talked about a woman and her baby that he was uh, going to kill by burning them in a car. There was... Another one where he talked about, goes back to the idea of having these slaves in paradise, basically saying he's going to torture all of them in various ways, such as tying them over anthills, driving pine splinters under their nails, burning them, things like that. He was getting pretty desperate about these buttons to the point where he was saying he doesn't even care if people make nasty Zodiac buttons, basically negative things about him. All he wanted was people to wear buttons. And then we end up at a letter or a postcard that was sent right before Halloween to Paul Avery, a reporter of the San Francisco Chronicle, that in this really interesting diagram basically says, Paradise, slaves, by fire, by knife, by gun, by rope. And then it shows some skeletons dancing around. It says, From your secret pal. I feel it in my bones. You ache to know my name, and so I'll clue you in. Then it says, uh, The number four dash teen. But then why spoil the game? Boo. Happy Halloween. The zodiac symbol followed by some other various markings. So that's an interesting one for sure. As we move into 1971, he proceeds to send even more letters. For instance, one in March Of 1971 to the LA Times, basically saying how he wanted to give the police some credit for finding some of his quote riverside activities, but that they're never going to find all of them because they're only finding the easy ones. Um, He also sent another postcard to Paul Avery at the San Francisco Chronicle that basically seemed like some sort of clue for at least one of his victims that said, Peek through the pines saw victim 12 past lake tahoe areas and then there's a bit of upside down text that says around in the snow and it's basically a really bad quality picture of some area around there the next notable letter isn't until january 29th of 1974 which was again sent to the san francisco chronicle it reads i saw and think the exorcist was the best satirical comedy that i have ever seen signed yours truly he plunged himself into the billowy wave and an echo arose from the suicide's grave tit willow tit willow tit willow which i believe just refers to a foolish person it then goes on to say p.s if i do not see this note in your paper i will do something nasty which you know i'm capable of doing and then some weird markings and then in the bottom corner it says me 37 sfpd zero which i'm assuming is san francisco police department And I did notice throughout some of the previous letters, this came up a few other times, almost like he's tallying his score of potential victims that he's taken versus how many the police department have successfully found. Not totally certain what's going on there.
1: If he has 37 victims and the police department is really behind still to this day, because I think altogether we have... Eight victims, plus a few possible victims that we'll get into later with the suspects. So that's quite a few they're off by, if that's accurate. I can imagine it's hard to
2: identify who all is associated with the Zodiac killer, though, because he switches up his methodology so much. They could be just getting attributed as single murders that are unrelated.
1: Or with like Richard Ratatik, he's not officially considered a Zodiac victim. And I'm sure that there's more out there where it's just a random shooting or something and it could have been the Zodiac.
0: A couple more letters that were sent over the coming months. One of them seemed to be a little jab at the editor at the San Francisco Chronicle, mentioning that the initials SLA, which was the Symbionese Liberation Army, spells a word that in the Old Norse language means kill. I think he had some sort of association with that group of people and he was trying to make a jab at that. That one was signed by just a friend. He didn't leave any markings on this one, so it's not totally certain who wrote this. Just one that is potentially from the Zodiac. Another one in May of the same year that was signed by, quote, a citizen, basically just talked about how they were running an ad for the movie Badlands that had some sort of murder glorification in it. And he was basically telling them that they should question the morality of that and cut the ad, which is a little... Strange coming from, potentially, the Zodiac. Just a little bit noteworthy there. One more sent in July 8th. This one was signed by the Red Phantom, Red with Rage. Again, to the editor, and this one is, is a little bit specific to some events that were going on at the time, but it reads about how a man named Marco should be put back in the hellhole from whence it came, that he has a serious psychological disorder, always needs to feel superior, and needs to refer him to a shrink. Meanwhile, cancel the Count Marco column. Since the Count can write anonymously, so can I. So this was just specific to some of the events that were going on. After several letters that were more or less thought to be linked, possibly, to the Zodiac, we do get one final letter on May 2nd of 1978. It was sent to KHJTV in Los Angeles, and it says, Dear Channel 9, this is the Zodiac speaking. You people in L.A. are in for a treat. In the next three weeks, you are finally gonna have something good to report. I have decided to begin killing again. Please hold the applause. Nothing is going to happen until I do. You people just won't let me have it any other way. I plan to kill five people in the next three weeks. 1. Chief Piggy Daryl Gates. 2. Ex-Chief Piggy Ed Davis. 3. Pat Boone. His theocratic crap is an obscenity to the rest of the world. 4. also Eldridge Cleaver. The N-words gotta get their 20% quota. He did write out the full N-word there, after all. And Susan Atkins, the Judas of the Manson family. She's gonna get hers now. Hey, you actors, this is your lucky break. Remember, whoever plays me has his work cut out for him. See you in the news. So at this point, it seems like he has blown up his ego so much that he's assuming that there's going to be people playing his parts in movies and shows this is the last time that he seems to contact anybody via writing
2: this letter definitely takes a turn it's very aggressive and very direct where some of them you know and this is what i was talking about earlier with the kind of different personalities like this letter sounds so different than the one he sent where he was saying i can't stop i need help and then this one is so aggressive that it kind of makes me think that the moral dilemma that he supposedly has
1: isn't even real Thanks for listening to part two of the Zodiac Killer. Tune in next week for part three.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found.